Thanks for checking out One Church. If you're new to the church or want to learn more about us, you can always go to IamOneChurch.com. Now, here's this week's service. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now, I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that His love will triumph over death. I have troubles, fallen angels, our dark rulers in the heavens. Amen. Love conquers all. Uh, we're so excited to have you here today. My name is Brian Spark. I'm the lead pastor here at One Church, and you look fabulous. Thank you. Come on, just turn to somebody and say, you look so good. Now, turn to the person that you didn't choose and tell them you don't look as good as they do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So there's always that awkward moment. I didn't choose you first. I'm sorry. So uh, my name is Brian Sparks, the lead pastor here. and We're so honored to have you here. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we always pray that this isn't your uh, last visit with us, that you would keep coming back. We have this thing that uh, once, you, you, once you come more than once, you're family. And so you can just kind of come and jump in, and, and, uh, and I, I've, I know this, that we're not the church for everyone, but we believe that we're the church for someone, and we hope that someone, and pray that someone is you, and, uh, and uh, God is just doing awesome, awesome, awesome things, and uh, first service was packed, and second service is full, and third service is full, and it's good, amen? Because you know what? Every person represents, it's not a chair, it's not a number, it's a life that's being changed. And that's what we're about. We're, it, it does, it, that's what God has called us to. And if you're like, oh, well, I like, a, I like an empty church. Listen, that's not what God likes. He says this, go, go into the streets and the highways and the byways so that my house can be full, right? Because we find purpose in God. Amen? And uh, I'm going to start preaching on something that I'm not even supposed to be preaching on. And I, I feel like i got a lot of time because it's third service and I can preach as long as I want. Just kidding. So you are like, dang it, I told you, Susan, we should have gone to the first one. It's all right, calm down. Don't chew, don't chew Billy out. He's okay, it's going to be good. So, uh, hey, we got a marriage conference coming up in May. Uh, we're so excited. We finally got a building, and so we can do uh, things. We can do actual things, and uh, it's, it's awesome that we're going to be able to do this. And so uh, we have this coming up. If you want to go to imonechurch.com slash XO, and you can get signed up, get registered. Here's the deal. Is that a marriage conference, if you're, you're, you might be in this place, and your marriage is great, and you're healthy. You know what? Marriages can always get better. They can always get better, right? And, and, uh, and the truth is, is that maybe you just go, hey, you know what? Uh, invest in your marriage. Just invest. Maybe, maybe you're having, going through a rough patch. Invest in your marriage. And, uh, and here's, here's the thing is we're believing that God's going to do great things. I'm excited about it. Uh, I've really been praying and asking God to change Crystal in this conference to give her a word. I've been leaving out the Proverbs 31 just on the, on the t- table. 
I, maybe God's wanting to speak to you through his word. Why don't you pick it up and read it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's third service. Who knows what's going to happen? She has a lot of grace for me, you know? Truth is. All right, you ready? John 19, 28 through 30. John 19, 28 through 30. And I'm going to preach fast. You're going to listen fast. They got me on a tight leash today. It says this, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture may be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now, a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with uh, sour wine, put it on a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Come on, somebody say, it is finished. Come on, say, it is finished. Say, it is finished. And he bowed his, bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, three-day deliverance. Three-day deliverance. Lord, I thank you right now for your word. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from me. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Before I go any further, come on, i got to welcome our Sulphur Springs campus. We love you, Sulphur Springs. And hey, listen, we're live streaming on our app right now. So come on, welcome our online. We love you. If you're ever in the area, please stop in. I promise you we'll make you feel right at home. We got the best people that go to this church. They are the absolute best. And, uh, and we would encourage you just to stop by. So three-day deliverance. You know, uh, we bought an 80s house. And uh, I, there's nothing wrong. We, we, have, uh, we were actually owned a new house, and having a new house was awesome. Uh, but there's something about the 80s that we just really liked the houses in that time frame, right? But the problem is, is that when you buy an older house, no matter if it's 60s, 70s, 80s, whenever you buy it, uh, you, it comes with a lot of projects. A lot of, come on, green carpet only goes so far, right? Come on. It comes with a lot of projects, fogged up windows, like there's all this stuff. It seems like there's always something going on. There's always something that needs to be fixed. There's always something on the list, right? And, and here's the deal is, is that uh, I, I, we've never minded the work because I like working with my hands and Crystal likes me in a tool belt. And I don't mind the overtime if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And all the men said, oh, you let you, oh, wow. Some of you are like, this is church, this is the house of God, brother. You know, but here's the deal is that uh, they always, one thing about do-it-yourself projects is that I've learned is they always uh, cost you way more than you actually thought that they would. Uh, They take way longer than you thought that they would, right? And they make you cuss way more than you should. It's just the truth, right? It, it's, it's a bad thing. And, and, and you go to stores that say, we, you can do it, we can help. They ain't helping you do nothing. They won't even help you find what you're looking for. Come on, let alone do the project, right? I've never had one of them take me up on, why don't you come over to the house and help me, help me out here, right? Because, but but uh, we, live, we live 20 minutes from uh, a hardware store and 20 minutes one way. And one time I was, got into the, a particular project and I had to make five trips. 
I started that project saved. By the end, I wasn't so sure, right? I was mad. I was angry. I was upset. Come on, there were some things going on in my, I was, I was mad. But there's that moment when you actually get done. There's that moment when you put the last screw in. Come on, that moment that you put the last bit of paint on the wall, whatever it is, that moment, and you know it is finished, and here's the thing is, is that's what we're here to celebrate today. We're, we're here to celebrate Jesus who didn't start a project, but a, a God who was willing to finish the project. And I love this because he looked down over all of time through all of humanity and he saw you and I in this moment. And he saw all my sin. He saw all my shame. He saw all my pain. And he knew it cost a lot and he knew it took a long time, but he was willing to pay it all. And he said, looks down in that moment and he says, it is finished. It's all paid for. It's It's all taken care of. There's nothing left on the bill. And I don't know about you. Some of you are like, well, why do y'all worship so loud? Why are you singing so much? Why are you shouting like that? Why are you so excited? Because we serve a God who has resurrected us. See, the God of the universe said this, I want to come and live among you. See, we're in, we're in this moment where we're, we understand that God is changing and it wasn't enough that he paid for my sin. He said, I'm going to take it one step further and I'm going to defeat uh, death, hell, and the grave. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And I don't know if you know it or not, but that is something to be excited about. The fact that he rose from the dead does something in me, not just in him. Romans 8 verse 11 says this, The Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. See, here's the deal is is that God does not just invite us to celebrate the resurrection. God invites us to experience the resurrection. See, here's the deal is that when you become a Christian and you become a believer in Christ, then guess what happens? Something begins to change in you. And God did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And I came in before I was ever a Christian. I was dead in my sin. And Christ loved me enough to die on a cross for me and pay every bit of of price that I should be paying. And here's the deal is that we get to come in and we get to go, God, I get to come boldly before your throne because of what Jesus paid for me. Because what Jesus did for me. What's so awesome about having this resurrection power is that it helps me to go from the life that I am living to the life that I want to live. It it takes me through the gap. It takes me from point A to point B. Because here's the deal is that I can't change me. I can't change me. I've tried. And I've tried to change me a lot. And it seems like I come up short every time. And here's the other thing is she can't change me. She's tried to change me even more than I've tried to change myself. And she comes up short every time because I can't, it's just one of those things that I can't change me. But what's awesome about this is that the the resurrection power of God lives in me. And that resurrection power begins to change me. It's changing me when I'm asleep at night. It's changing me in my work day. It's changing me on my drive to work. It is constantly changing me. The Bible says this, that we go from glory to glory to glory. I tell Crystal she's 
married to a new man every two years. Why? Because God is changing me. And the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is alive and at work in each and every one of us. And I'm going to preach to you whether you want to hear it or not. Come on, somebody say amen. 1145, y'all ought to be hopping. Come on, you rested up, sleeping in. changes me see we're not celebrating something that happened a long time ago we are but we're celebrating something that's happening right now even as we speak it is happening in me even as i speak it's god is changing me here's the deal at one church we believe that every step we take in our faith journey is a step closer to what god wants us to be and the power that gets us to take the step is that resurrection life. It's that resurrection power at work in us. Sometimes we look at our life and we think, man, there's the me, and then there's the church me. And y'all know there's a difference. Come on. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you were cussing when you pulled in the parking lot at your kids. You're like, no, I ain't going to park there. I'll park wherever I want. <laughs> who are you to tell me? Who to, you don't tell me where to park. You're mad and you're angry and you're cussing. And then you get out of the car and you're like, praise Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know you. How are you doing? Glory to God. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Your kid's looking at you like you Satan. What in the, and then you, you know, they're looking at you and you go, I will kill you. You say one word, I will kill you. I brought you into this world, I'll take you out. Huh? There's the, there's the, there's that you, and then there's the, the church you, and there's this gap between the two. And here's the thing, is that you want to be that you all the time. And the power at work in you is getting you from that point to where you are going crazy on your kids in the car to the point where you're saying, bless God, all my soul, let all that is within me. See, there's this wrestling that's going between the two, and God's resurrection power is at work in you, and he's taking you through the process and here's the thing is that we believe that everything's a journey that's why we ask everybody everything we'd like to package everything in steps because sometimes that gap seems too big it's too big it's too much for me I, I can't do it on my own and so we say just take steps just take steps we want every person to have an encounter with Jesus that's the most important thing Everything that we do is to create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus. I don't want you to have an encounter with me. I want you to have an encounter with Jesus. We want you to uh, discover your purpose. Because God has given you a plan and a purpose for your life. And that plan and purpose is not to sit in a chair. And amen or criticize the preacher. I looked in the Bible. There is no spiritual gift of criticism. I want you to find community because God has not intended for you to ever do life alone. God wants you to be around people to encourage you, to celebrate you in the highs, and to be with you in the lows. And then we want you to impact your world. God has put you in the world, and he's put you in workplaces, and he's put you in that crazy family. Come on, you know the crazy people in your family. 
If you don't know the crazy people in your family, you're the crazy person in your family. <laughs> Put you in there to make a difference and impact your world. God has called us to be a light in the darkness, a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. See, here's the thing is that it's all in steps. And when we begin to understand that it's all in steps, we begin to take those steps. And that's what we want to help you with as a church. As I was preparing this message, I began to ask myself this question, why three days? Has anybody ever, ever, ever thought that? Like, why three days? I mean, if it was me, which you are glad that I'm not God. But if it was me, I would have done things a little differently. I understand Jesus had to die on the cross to pay for the sin. But then all of a sudden, as soon as he said, it is finished, boom, turn on some angelic lights on the cross. Come on. on. Having some angels in the background. (laughs) Anybody else in here with me? Come on. That's what I would do. I mean, if I'm I'm writing this story, that's what I'm going to do. And I mean, all of a sudden, Jesus coming off the cross, man, just floating in midair. There ain't no doubt. You're the son of God. Cool. I make you my Lord and my Savior right now. Right? That's, that's what's going to happen. But why three days? Why did God say, no, 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 that's not the way it's going to be. Is I'm not going to take him off the cross. And I'm going to make you wait. And I'm going to go through this process. And you're going to go into a grave. And everybody's going to wonder what's going to happen. And all of it. Why? And I think it's this. That the three days teaches us something. That there is a process... From death to resurrection. It's a process. And he says this. Even for the son of God. It's a process. It's not that I can't do it immediately. But I know this. That you're going from death to life. And in that it is a journey. And it's a process. And as you begin to walk that out. God begins to do a work in you. I think we can learn something from the three days. Friday represents the day of pain. It's the day of pain. We all know that Jesus died on the cross. Can I tell you that he could have come at any point in history? Any time in history. If he came now, lethal injection. No pain. Just done. It's over. But he picked a time in history when capital punishment was absolutely at its worst. Why? Here's the reason why. It's because he knew that he had to experience all the pain so that he could help you through your pain. He had to experience everything. Why? Because he wanted to be with you during your day of pain. Because he knew that you were in the world. And in the world, you're going to have trouble. And in the world, you're going to have some stuff go on. And in the world, there's going to be pain. And if he wants to be with you during your day of pain, he has to go through a day of pain himself. How would he ever know? If he hadn't experienced it. You ever see somebody get hurt? Yeah. You're like, oh man, that hurts. <laughs> I will feel bad for you. Crystal will laugh at you. <laughs> you think it'd be the opposite. But I feel bad for people. But there's something that changes that even. Is when somebody gets hurt the way you've been hurt. Right. Come on. This is so good. See, I feel bad for you when I see you get hurt. Yeah. But when you're hurt the way I've hurt. I have compassion on you because I know what it's like to go through that. See, Jesus never took a step 
that he, that he, he wasn't willing to take for or Jesus never makes us take a step that he wasn't first willing to take for us. He took the steps of pain so that he could be with you during your day of pain. And here's the thing is that pain comes in all shapes and sizes. And Jesus went through them all for each and every one of us. He went through physical pain. Most of us, if you've seen the movie, you know. If you've seen Passion of the Christ, you know that it was brutal. There was pain involved. Come on. There was a lot of pain involved. And here's the deal is that some of you came in here and you're in physical pain. You wake up in the morning and you don't feel like P. Diddy. <laughs> you feel like something that rhymes with P. Diddy. I'm just... <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> Some of you are like, let me think about that for a minute. Feel bad. You're in pain. And here's the thing is, is that you're in pain, and sometimes when you, we're in pain, the people that are closest to us don't even know. You're all dressed up, smell good, look good. Come on, everything seems like it's in order. You got a smile on your face, but the truth is, is that you are in pain. And the people that rode with you, the people that, that were, are with you and are going to go to lunch with you may not even know how much pain you are in. But Jesus does. It's physical pain. The thing about physical pain is it begins over time to take your hope. And it begins to damage your soul. Jesus didn't just go through physical pain, though. He also went through emotional pain. The Bible says that he was absolutely ridiculed and mocked, humiliated in front of everybody. He wasn't just beaten. He was humiliated and mocked. Why? Because Jesus goes, you know what? I know that there's going to be some emotional wounds that my people are going to have to deal with. So it's not enough for me just to go through the physical part of it. I'm going to have to go through the emotional part of it. Because there's, there's going to be a time in your life, and, and Red's going to need some help. And there's going to be some t- a time in your life when Curtis is going to need some help. And there's going to be a time in your life when Nancy's going to need some help. And if I don't experience the emotional pain, how will I ever know? If I'm not embarrassed and if I'm not mocked. And it, come on, young people, you get mocked on social media. Can I tell you that may, nobody else might know what's going on, but Jesus knows what it's like to have those kind of emotional wounds that seem to never heal. He didn't just go through that. He went through relational pain. Everybody that he loved, everybody, people said, no, I'm your ride or die. I'd never leave you. I'm with you. I'm going, I'll do whatever it is. I'm going with you. Those people turn their backs on him in this darkest hour. Turn their back, left him high and dry, all alone. Not only that, but a man that he had walked with for three years, shared food with, hung out with, fished with, done all of this stuff with, turns around and turns him in and stabs him in the back. I might not know what that feels like. But Jesus knows what relational wounds feel like. Jesus knows what it's like to hurt physically, so much so that you don't know that you can bear it. Jesus knows what it's like to be in so much emotional uh, pain that you're not sure how you're going to handle it. Jesus knows what it's like 
to have relational pain. Not sure if anybody is even for you. I don't tell anybody that I know what they're going through because the truth is is that I don't. Pain hits everyone differently. But I thank God that I I serve a God who does. Who said I'll go through every bit of it because I want to know what it is. That's why they can come boldly into my throne room and attain help in time of need. Why? Because I've been through the relational pain. I've been through the emotional pain. And I've been through the physical pain. So no matter what it is that you're going through. Maybe you find yourself in a, a Friday of life. I want you to know this. That there is no pain that God cannot redeem. There is no pain that God cannot redeem. Second thing I need to tell you about is the Saturdays of life. And the Saturdays of life is the day of confusion. I'm confused. A lot of people find themselves in this day, and this is where a lot of people quit. They're somewhere between the pain and the promise. They're they're somewhere in the gap of the pain and the promise and they're not sure what happens or what's going to happen and they're confused and they don't know why it ended this way. Why did my marriage fall apart? Why did this happen? Why did my kids, why are my kids acting crazy? Why is this going on in my life? Why is this happening to me? And it brings confusion and the enemy is trying to fill the gap with confusion. Can I tell you this, that confusion is never from God. It's always from the enemy. And some of you are in a place of confusion and you find yourself asking why? God, can I tell you, there are some things that you will never know the answer to on this side of heaven. But one day we will be able to ask all of those questions. But can I tell you that don't let the enemy derail you with confusion. When we get confused, we begin to doubt. God, do you really have a plan? God, are you really working all things together for my good? Come on, can we get real, real in church? God, do you even exist? Are you there? Hello. (laughs) Begin to doubt. In the day of confusion, when we're confused, we give up. I quit. Throw in the towel, done. I'm finished. Why am I even trying? I give up and I quit and I'm done. Can I tell you that if you've ever done that, if you're in this room and you've done that, you're not alone. Peter was so confused on Saturday that he went back to fishing. He said, I'm done with ministry. I quit. Everything that I thought was going to happen didn't happen. It really went bad in a hurry, and I'm confused, so I'm just going to go back to doing what I know to do. And so many people live their life like this. They're between the the promise and the pain, and they're not sure how it's going to work out. So I'll just go back to doing what I used to do. I'll just go back to living like I used to live. I'll just go back to doing what everybody else is doing because it seemed easier in the moment. And we live our life in confusion. Can I tell you that if you're in that moment of pain, or you're in that moment of confusion it is always darkest right before the dawn and you might not see how God can redeem it and you might not see how God can work it out but can I tell you that God the resurrection power of God is still alive and at work in you and I and he can redeem the pain and he can take the confusion and I'm telling you right now he can turn it all around for your good 
if you're in that space right now, I want you to know that Sunday is coming. Sunday is the day of resurrection. And I don't know if you're in that place, but I want to tell you that God makes dead things come to life. And he can redeem every situation. If you say, God, I give it to you. I don't know how you can take the pain. I don't know how you can redeem them. But I know this, that if you raise Christ from the dead, that you can bring this back to life. You can redeem this marriage. You can redeem this relationship. You, you, You can do anything and everything. Can I tell you, in those moments, this is the temptation. Is everybody in that moment of confusion or pain wants to run from God. But I've learned in those moments, in the Fridays, in the Saturdays of life, don't run from God, run to God. Don't run away from God because here's the thing, is that in his presence is fullness of joy. And there's pain and there's hurt and there's confusion. But I know this, when I get into God's presence, I know that he is with me. I know that he hasn't forsaken me. I know that he hasn't left me. And I know that he has endured all things for me. And that God, the God that went through the pain, the God that went through emotional pain and physical pain and relational pain, God, you got through that. So I know that I can get through it. I know that you worked it out, and you'll work it out for my good. See, God is always working, even when we don't see Him working. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, and I'm done. And Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary. And carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Some of you need rest. And the reason why we come to Jesus he knows the pain he knows what we've been through he knows what we're going through so if you're in this place with every head bowed every eye closed no one's looking around Lord I pray for every person in pain Every person. God, right now, I thank you for healing. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you see the tears that they cry at night when the whole house is asleep. Lord, you see. Lord right now I pray for them Lord even though I don't know what they're going through and I don't know what is going on in their life Lord I thank you that you do so right now Lord I thank you that we cast our cares on you we cast our cares on you Lord every pain every shame every doubt 
Every bit of unbelief. God, we cast it on you. We thank you that you care for us. Lord, we know that only you can work these things out for our good. So we give them to you. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye still closed, maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus. Can I tell you that that's where it starts? With a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. The God who loves you so much that he went through all of that for you. If you're in this place and you say, Brian, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you're in this place and you say, Brian, I've walked away from God. Honestly, the pain and the confusion. I walked away. But today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Can I tell you that he's not mad at you, that he loves you? And he waits with open arms for you to come home. I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward with every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I just want you to slip your hand up, put it right back down. We're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. And I believe this. When you pray this prayer, if you believe it in your heart, your life will never be the same. Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. One. Brian, today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus too. Brian, will you pray with me? Three, just slip your hand up, put it right back down. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin, and by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name, And everybody said... Amen, amen. Come on, give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today. What a great Easter. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited that you prayed that prayer. If you do us a favor, stop by one of our connect tables. We're not going to stalk you. We just want to make sure you have everything you need as you begin this incredible journey of faith. At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, join us by investing in others today. You can go to IamOneChurch.com slash give. Thanks for watching and we hope you have a great week.